I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everyone, this is Dave from AudioMac. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I bring you some great lessons from the founder CEO of one of Fast Company's most innovative companies. Dave Mackley is the founder of Audio Mac streaming service and also of DJBooth.com, the hip hop blog. Um, he's going to talk to us about innovation and how he's kind of ingrained that into the culture, the DNA, if you will, of the company. Um, we also get some insight into how he's competing with the world's most powerful companies. He's got these giants um, that he's up against, and so he's learned how to find his niche. And uh, what we talk about is playing a game you can win instead of the game that everybody else is playing. We also get some good insight into his approach for hiring and specifically why he looks for employees who have run their own businesses. It's a great interview. I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's go. Yeah, so I want to talk, well, let's, let's talk about your history a little bit. Um, and so, uh, you know, take, take me back to the beginning. Do you remember, do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? I think it was Tribe Called Quest. Uh, beats and rhymes in life. I think it was the first tape I bought. And I think I bought that in, you know, maybe like eighth grade or something like that. That was the first time I could make it out to the store by myself and sure. buy what I wanted, you know. I mean, that's but, a great uh, record to start with. Before that, I was, I, I was, I would hang out with older kids that had, you know, right, had us, uh, <clears throat> sorry, CDs and, um, CDs and tapes. I didn't have a CD player yet. That was kind of a uh, kind of rare. 
Um, but I, sure. I started buying tapes and, you know, it's true that if you buy a tape after a little while, it starts to sound like crap. So it was, it was nice to make the jump to CDs, but I started making li little mixtapes uh, because one of my buddies had a, uh, a dual cassette tape recorder, right? So you could record okay. off one yep. cassette onto another one. So, you, you yep. know, if you kind of played around with it, you could uh, almost make a transition between a song. And that was really fun. And, and that kind of got me into DJing later on. Nice. So, and do you remember just like, you know, where you were or the record or like, do you remember falling in love with hip hop? Was there a, was there a moment that you can point back to? I mean, I think, I think listening to Stretch and Bobito on the radio really put me over the edge. I mean, I, I've been listening to yeah. music for a while, but you know, those guys just every week just had you listening to things you've never heard before and it wasn't it wasn't like when you when you listened on the radio you'd kind of hear the same stuff um you it was a lot of re repetition there it was just every week just brand new sounds just brand new styles um that that i had never heard before you know and, and the kind of the mystery of who these artists were and like could i could i get this on tape so i could listen to it again like that that was amazing to me right and and that yeah. That really kicked off my uh, my desire to to be in music and to be in hip hop specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know I had them on the show, you know, just talking about those times when you know hip hop wasn't accessible, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, music in general wasn't as accessible as it is today. Nothing was, but you know, hip hop specifically wasn't really on the radio. Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of markets and, and, or, or at least a lot of the stuff that we wanted to hear wasn't on the radio. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we really relied on those mix shows and those yeah. DJs to be the, you know, they called it the hood internet. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's amazing to think, you know, and, and I know we, we want to talk about your business, but like to think about how wide that reached even back then that the far corners of the world, that we're getting those tapes of, of all the radio shows and, you know, people are discovering the shit, like, you know, in, in places where you wouldn't think, I, I never thought, you know, hip hop would have reached back then. Mm -hmm. It was like a present, like every week it was, you, you didn't know what it was. You'd put it on and, and um, you didn't know what, art, what artist was going to be on, on the show. You had no idea. You had no idea what you were going to hear. And um, you didn't know who they're going to talk to, who they're going to talk about. Um, but you knew you'd be entertained and, uh, you know, I had never encountered like a music medium where, where it was just so unexpected every week, uh, mm -hmm. you know, going from like cool Keith to like Wu-Tang Clan, like, like you just can't get, yeah. you know, further, they're, they're both dope, but they're, they're, they're dope in their own ways. Right. So, sure. um, and then going to Tribe Called Quest, like it's, it's, it could be anything. And I, I just love that feeling you know, of, of exploration. And, you know, when Napster came out, I was on that like real fast, you know, it was, it was like, okay, now I have access to anything, like anything I could search right. for, um, I could find. And then I, you know, started getting into blogs and like undergroundhiphop.com and, you know, these early pioneers in, in, in online music journalism and, and music stores. And, uh, you know, part of it was like the thrill of the hunt, kind of like finding the next big finding your next favorite artist right that was that was uh exciting and you know i think that's something that still lives in my business today is that feeling of um you know the excitement you get when you find something brand new 
you know, that you didn't expect and they become your favorite new artist or your favorite new artist that week or your favorite new album, or even, you know, in some cases like your favorite new genre, which, uh, you know, I, I love all the sounds coming out of out of Africa, like Afrobeats and I'm a piano mm -hmm. and, and, and um, all these great, great new, great new sounds. Um, you know, I want to be introduced to new sounds as much as possible because you get that goosebumps bumps feeling that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I think those are those are harder and harder to come by, maybe as mm -hmm. we get older or maybe just as there's more accessibility to everything. But, you know, I think that's a, um, I love that. Like you, you, you know, you cherish those moments, right? And mm -hmm. you know, we can think back definitely to our childhood of discovering certain artists or sounds or whatever. And just, you know, those will stay with you for decades. Um, so, so you started, if I understand, you started out in ad sales, right? Yeah, when I was um when I was 19, I uh, I was DJing kind of like small bars and and stuff in New York and Connecticut. Um, this was when I was in college, and I, I started a, a site called the DJ Booth. Uh, it was an early early streaming site. The the labels were happy to give us music to stream. You know, we were streaming it through Flash, so that mm -hmm. that kind of shows how old I am. And you know, uh, that, that was the technology I could use to stream on the internet. There was no HTML5, so it was it wasn't easy to stream. Um, yeah. and, uh, so I built that because I was in computers mm -hmm. and, uh, I would review DJ equipment. I would just try to make money any way I could, uh, off the internet because that was when Google AdSense had just, just come out. Uh, so you could actually put ads on your website and make money. And I found that to be pretty interesting. Right. So, you know, my initial goal was, okay, let's make like $3 a day, you know, or let's make a dollar a day and then, oh, let's make $10 a day. Sure. And, uh, you know, I had built, um, I had built things into DJ booth around like favoriting and following and playlisting and following artists and things like that. And, um, I just wasn't that great of a developer, so I could do HTML, but I couldn't really build like a platform. Right. So, you know, got a job after college. Um, my partner, Brian Zizuk took over kind of day-to-day -day operations of the site. Um, but I always realized that I, I, I was on the right path in terms of making an online music player. So, when I met the right people and I had the right time, uh, we started AudioMac and that's how I got into AudioMac. But you're right, I, I was in ad sales for a while, but particularly in digital ad sales. So uh, anything related to um, digital advertising I was in and that, that, that helped me launch AudioMac because it was an ad-based platform that sure. offered everything to artists for free, but we would make money on the other side, we'd make money on advertising. So what are those skills? I mean, I, you know, I, I, we both have a lot of friends who have started, you know, hip hop businesses out of our love for the, the music and the culture, right? Um, what, what are the skills that you learned doing ad sales that have helped you, you know, that stay with you today and have helped you kind of get to where you are? Yeah, I think um, I was in more tech sales, but I think any sales role, um, any sales role is going to give you the skills to really think about what the other person's thinking and how to influence them. Like a lot of times people are just, you know, they think of sales as talking about your product, but really it's, it's, it's the art of influence. And, um, you know, my, my, my sales, uh, VP Lauren Brown at my, uh, one of the companies I worked at, you know, I was asking him, why can't I get this woman to buy this? Like, it's going to make a ton of money for the company. It's exactly what she needs. 
And he said, you're not really thinking about what she personally wants. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm. She should want to do what the company wants is best for the company. And he's like, right. why would she want to do that? Like, she's a person, right? I was like, he's like, I, I know she wants to go home early to her kids. You need to talk mm. about how she can get this software and she could actually get her job done faster. She doesn't care about the money. She, you know, this, she's looking at this as a way, something that she has to worry about, you know, but if you position this as something that gets her home faster, then she's going to buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like enlightening to me. And I try to think about that whenever I, I talk to anybody, you know, as a CEO of, of a company, I'm constantly speaking to people who I want to influence in a certain way. And um, I always remember that advice that you need to think about the personal and the professional, you know, in order to influence somebody, like what are their personal reasons for doing something versus uh, the professional reasons. Not everyone thinks about things logically or thinks in the best interest of their company or their brand or whatever. Um, and sometimes that's not the best way to influence people. Sometimes it's about fear, you know, avoidance of fear. Um, sometimes it's about personal benefit and keeping that in mind has helped me. I mean, I think that's huge. I had, um, you know, I had a moment I, I can remember the first time I had that exact thought, right? When I had started my agency and we went from, you know, I went from managing rappers to trying to work with, you know, Fortune 500 brands, right? And, um, you know, that's such a, is such a shift in mentality, right? Because when you do what we do, when you're a rapper, a, a, you know, artist of any type, um, you're always on, right? You never, you are never not working. Right. Mm -hmm. And our, our work is our lives and, and that's the way we've chosen it. And, uh, you know, corporate folks are not like that. And and they and I, I literally remember the day when I was like, you know, our clients and I said this to my staff at the time, I said, our clients, number one priority is to go home at five o'clock and mm -hmm. not think about work. Right. And mm -hmm. that's our job, no matter what, no matter how cool the program is that we're bringing them, nothing else is going to count if we can't help them do that. And so I, I love that insight. And I think it is hard for people on either side to understand that about the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I love that you said that. Um, when did you know you had something? You, you you know you're plugging away with DJ Booth. Did it did it like start popping off right away? Yeah, I mean, on DJ Booth, like uh, what what it made me realize is that you need good people around you. So you know, I was fortunate that. Um, my, my partner, uh, Brian Zizuk, DJZ reached out, he was doing local radio in Chicago and, you know, he, he, he complimented a lot of my skill sets. I'm, I, I'm, I was a bit more technical, more business, business oriented, but, you know, he knows music, you know, he's, he's very operationally, uh, minded, you know, so he was able to kind of provide like the missing piece. And, um, you know, we started hosting mixtapes, we host. Uh, we hosted like Big Crits mixtape. Mix um, we had early freestyles from Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa. Like he, he really was the one who, who found those artists that he thought were going to pop, pop and got them to do interesting things with us. Um, and that really helped DJ Booth grow. But also we always had great ed editorial as well. Mm -hmm. So um, great relationships with artists, great relationships with labels and great ed editorial. Um, so we started to grow and then, you know, as the blog era start kind of ended, I started to look towards like, what are some other ways that I can, um, you know, take what I've learned, uh, and what, what DJ booth once, once was, which was more streaming and, and rebuild it. So, uh, 
I, I got together with my, my co-founder, Dave Pawnee, who's also from the advertising world, and uh, our CTO, Ty, and um, uh, our, our chief designer, design officer, Tom, Tom Klinger from Pure Nine Studios. We just decided to build it nights and weekends. And, and the, thing, the, the concept was simple. Other services like other services are charging artists for the right to upload music. You know, we don't think that's fair. And there's a lot of artists there that don't want to or don't have the money to pay for hosting. And we think it's kind of a commodity. So we'll give that away for free. You can upload as much music as you want. And then the second part of it was we'll rank that music in real time on Audiomac. Uh, so, you know, as artists are incentivized to go and promote, you know, their sounds to their audience because they want to get up that chart, which then in it, it leads to them getting more fans. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think we quickly realized that that was a pretty killer combo, um, you know, and using DJ booth to help us get young artists that we had relationships with was, was a great way to spark, you know, get a spark going for Audiomac. And then we got blogs to use it like two dope boys and, and not right to use the platform. And that was a big help as well. So we, we got a lot of things going at once. Um, which is good because I mean, there was a, a small window of opening for us to start a business like Audiomac. I think if you tried to start a business like that now, it'd be very difficult because you know you basically have a platform with no artists on it and no fans and how do you get one without the other? But we were able to do it by leveraging our relationships with blogs and also artists through DJ Booth. And the sticks is awkward. I know that my neighbors are voting Tory, surely. Fredo's my brother, we're locked in for life. I told bro to drop me some. I remember when I first learned about Audiomax. I, you know, I knew about DJ Booth. Um, I met your guy Nathan at uh, our kids were in preschool together. And mm -hmm. uh, he was the only other guy in the room with tattoos. So we just started talking. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, he he was telling me about what you guys were doing. And, and I remember at the time going like that's like a streaming service that's crazy like yeah <laughs> you know like in a good way right like that like who knew that you could just launch a streaming service you know that seemed like such a um you know big company thing to do right mm -hmm. uh and so you know talk about that right talk about competing i mean you, you know your competitors whether you know direct or not are some of the biggest companies in the world mm -hmm. they have endless resources um, you know, how do you, what, tell me about strategy. How do you go into that space and, and think about, you know, what you're trying to build? Yeah. I mean, if you came up with a list of companies you don't want to compete against, it would be like <laughs> yeah. Apple, Google, yeah. Spotify, you know, Amazon. And that's like yeah. pretty much what we're going up against every day. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, the thing was, it. we weren't, we weren't going to launch with like, every song in the world and 999 and like i wish we had the money to do that like we we knew sure. that was where the industry was going we knew streaming was the future you know we wanted to put a bet down um but we had to choose our niche right we had to figure out okay without all this money without all those resources and the marketing splash and you know understanding that spotify has already carved out a pretty large niche in in, in europe and in the united states where do we go with this um, you know, we built a streaming platform that focused on independent artists, right? And, you know, it allowed the artists to run their own book of business. And that was something that you couldn't really get from Spotify or any other service because, um, you know, in order to be on those services, you had to be with a label, right? Or be with a distributor and distribution wasn't 
as uh, widespread as it was as, as it is now. So, you know, we said stop sending out MP3s, stop using sharing sites. You know, it all should go on AudioMac. And best of all, if you if you get some traction on AudioMac, you're going to rise up the ranks, meaning more people see you. So, you know, we look towards some of the reasons why people use services like Hype Machine. So it was like a bit of a Hype Machine plus Spotify combination. And we went out there and we, we, we felt like that was a, a, a niche we could carve out. Um, you know, and, and we put a little money in our own money, but we put a lot of sweat equity and a lot of nights and weekends. So, you know, year one was building it. Year two was kind of getting everybody to quit their jobs because we saw that it was doing pretty well, which was not easy. A lot of people had really, really good jobs that they didn't want to give up. Um, sure. um, and they were taking a 90, 90% pay cut, you know, day one. So, yeah. but it ended up being the right call because, you know, we ended up growing the business pretty quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, now I think we've carved out a, a nice little platform, not just in the United States, but also in Africa where we're seeing pretty rapid growth. Nice. Yeah, I want to talk about that, but but I got to tell you, I, I love that story, right? And I know you and I have talked over the years, some of the the trials and tribulations we've both experienced in the media business. Um, and you know, I like I I'm attracted to um, to the idea that you're like, you know, we're not going to win playing their game, right? So we gotta we gotta play our own game, and we gotta figure out you know, what is, what is it that we can do that, you know, and, and, and to, you know, from a certain perspective, like, you know, Apple, Amazon, uh, Spotify, they have to compete head to head with each other and mm -hmm. they have to, and they're playing a certain game where you kind of have to be the same as everybody else. Pretend like you're not, you know, throw huge amounts of money at it. Right. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's the way, you know, United and American, that's the way, you know, CBS yep. and NBC, right? They're mm -hmm. any, like any giants, they're, it's always the same game. And so for me, like, I love the opposite of that, right? That you're, you're looking at it going that, you know, we can't play that game because there's no way to win. So how do we, how do we restructure that for ourselves? Yeah. Um, but I mean, ultimately what I think what we're doing is harder to replicate because sure. you know, the company, those companies are trying to create, uh, competitive advantages or, or differentiation between them, but they all have the same catalog. You know, if you ask the user what what different features do you get from one versus the other, I think they'd be hard pressed to figure it out. Um, you know, so I think this is like early on in the streaming wars. Um, I think people jumped towards whatever brand they liked better uh, or whatever brand was first to kind of uh, entice them to subscribe. But ultimately, AudioMac is a unique value proposition in that it is a way to connect with creators directly. And, you know, a lot of times when you're listening to a, a song on AudioMac and you're commenting on that song, the creator sees it. You know, the creator is there. Like, they, they are the, they're the ones yeah. that uploaded it. And I think that's a big, you know, differentiator. Um, one of the things that's really, I really like to see is when we launched comments, people were directing their comments as if they were talking to the artist, right? So they feel that connection. Whereas on other platforms, they know it's like a store, right? They know it's, it's you're not actually connecting with that artist. You know, there's nothing you can do to stick your hand up and say, I'm here, I'm listening. Um, and as we get into the more of the patronage model, you know, where, where, where creators are, are taking control of their own destinies and finding ways to uh, get their audience to support them, I think that's a, an advantage for AudioMac because 
the, the creators have control on Audio Mac. You know, they're the ones managing their accounts. But in, more importantly, the artist, the fans feel like there's a connection to the, the artist there, which makes it more likely for them to, you know, patronize that artist through Audio Mac. And that's what sure. we're all about. We're not about charging artists like other platforms. We're about making money with the artist. So, you know, given that, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you filter? Like, it, it, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure you watch what, what Apple and Spotify and those guys do. And, you know, and I, I understand the temptation to be like, oh, they're, they launched this. We got to launch that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure that those thoughts pop up in your head. Right. So what's the process for like metabolizing that and filtering, you know, where to focus resources and energy and what things to like, okay, let them have that. We're going to stick to what we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's got to play into our strengths. Um, it's got to be something that plays into the fact that we have that direct connection with the artists. They're, they're on our platform uploading. They're, they're looking at their stats and that, you know, the art, the fans feel that connection, that one-to-one -one connection between themselves and the artist, Right. So, you know, there's a lot of features we could build. I think we've done a good job of building the things we have to build, the things that are kind of bare minimums for a streaming platform. Um, but then, you know, we looked into following, right? Like a lot of platforms don't have following artists, right? But we, we invested in that. Um, whereas, you know, you can't really follow an artist in the same way you follow an artist on Audio Mac on platforms like, like Apple Music and, Spot and Spotify. Um, you know, our following is a lot stronger because it's, it's once again, that connection. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're also looking into the various different ways that a mid-tier artist who might not make as much via streaming can make money directly from their fan base. So like, what are the things that we can offer, um, an artist can offer their fan base that makes them feel even more connected uh, in exchange for patronage? That, that's important as well. And then social, right? Social features are, are really important to AudioMac and, and a competitive advantage uh, and fit into our wheelhouse because we are an open platform where anybody can listen, even if they're not a subscriber. So shareability, social, you know, um, connection, patronage, these are all things that I think we can execute better just because of the foundation that we're built on, um, you know, regardless of how much money or resources we have compared to, to bigger companies. Sure. Um, but you do, you have had some big artists on the platform. You know, I know there's, I know there's Migos. I know there's Chief Keef. I know, yep. uh, you know, our homies at Stone, Th Stone Throw, you know, you've done stuff with them. Um, mm -hmm. what is it, what does it mean? I, you know, to me, it's interesting, right? Like you have some big artists. I think you, there's still a generally low awareness. You know, most people probably don't know about Audio Mac. Um, and so how much do you think or care about that? Like, like awareness versus everything else you just said? Yeah, I mean, we, we have large artists as well on the platform. We, we, we sign, we've signed deals with, with major labels, um, you know, so they've started putting their music on the platform. And, and what's important there is that if a young artist succeeds on Audio Mac and then gets signed and they choose that signing to a major label is, is in their best interest, we want that music to stay on the platform. We want that artist to continue to participate on Audio Mac. Mm -hmm. So that's why those deals were really important. And it was important nice. from the major label side that when they sign a young artist, they can, you know, 
further get support and continue to get the benefits of being on Audiomack. Um, but yeah, I mean, like not everyone in, 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 the, in the United States knows about us. I think we have much better brand recognition across Africa, um, but everyone should know about us. Like it's a great way to discover new artists. And what we've done, I think, you know, if you're, if you're only going to listen to the radio and you're more of a lean back type music listener, then we're probably not the right platform for you. And we're probably not going to outcompete compete at Pandora or, you know, top 40 radio. Um, but if you're the type of person like everyone I hire and myself that loves the, uh, the joy of discovery and wants to be on the cutting edge of music and wants to, you know, open up your musical boundaries, then I think you do know about Audio Mac and you probably think of it pretty, pretty highly. Um, sure. you know, so our, our goal is to find ways to reach more of those types of people. And, you know, a lot of times we use the artist as our, our marketing engine. So the artist can go out there upload music to Audiomack, you know, they want to put that music out and share it on social media. And then their fans see Audiomack, they can listen on it. You know, maybe they don't, maybe they already have Spotify and they only open Audiomack a few times a month, but they're still a user and they still have, um, you know, an affinity for, for Audiomack and what we do. So, so I know you talk about Africa and, and you have an office in Lagos, right? That's right. Yeah. So we have a, a team down there, a great team. Um, we're, we're really excited about all the sounds coming down from, from Africa. Um, we're excited about bringing those sounds to a wider audience across the world. Um, we do musical charts by region and including states. And actually, you know, our, our New York city chart is a, uh, kind of dominated by a lot of African artists, you know, so there's a, there's a, a number of Africa, uh, expats in, um, you know, from Africa in, in New York city. And, uh, they listen to a lot of Afro beats, but also increasingly, I think, I think people are being open, opening their eyes to the, you know, the wonderful music coming from there. And I think it's something that is going to influence music worldwide for a long time to come. Um, I, I'm, I'm extremely excited about, uh, you know, the artists that I discover, uh, whether it's in Ghana or Nigeria or increasingly in, in Kenya, South Africa, um, e even the Ivory Coast, like we're, 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 there's some artists there that we're, we're, we're really excited about. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a really interesting time, you know, um, where, you know, the, the U S and, and UK, you know, have been, taking for granted that they dominate, you know, musical trends, right, for decades now. And I think, um, you know, we're starting to, see, it feels like we're, we're at the very beginning of that, of seeing the impact, you know, of, of Africa, of Latin America. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're seeing what's, what's happening out of Korea. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know what any of that means. I'm curious to see what, what our musical landscape looks like in 10 years when I think all that's really matured. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's amazing is um, on, on platforms like Audiomack, like we try not to put you in that uh, echo chamber, like musical echo chamber, where the more you listen to something, the more it gets recommended. And like sure. pretty soon you're just like, you know, like my dad and he just listens to, you know, Chicago right. all day. So like, I, we don't want to, we don't want to create that. Like we don't need that. Um, right. 
you know, you, I've put many of my friends on to Audio Mac that, you know, they, 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 they got set in their ways and they're just like, I listen to Wu-Tang from, you know, 1998. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But like, check out these artists, right? Like, or check out this playlist that you might be interested in. And, and pr pretty soon they're recommending me things that I didn't really listen to, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, they just need that push to get out of their comfort zone. But you know, too too often many music services are just like, hey, what do you like? Oh, cool, you like, you know, Gangstar? Like, okay, great, we'll, we'll, we'll show you some Big L. And it's like, sure, that's cool, those are great, amazing artists, but you know, are, are you listening to, you know, YBN Corday? Like, are you listening to any of these new guys that, you know, also have a great sound? Um, maybe we're influenced by, you know, these, these rhyme sayers from the past, but have their own unique way of doing things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously those companies, you know, their algorithms are tuned to keep you, you know, listening as long as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's almost like things that, spark too much attention or maybe not or you know maybe not productive for that right yeah. um and yeah so i i think that's a really interesting point i think it it does appeal to a different type of listener right who wants to have a different experience different relationship to the music yeah one of the things that i'm proud we, we just launched is if you download the app it just came out on android uh it's going to come out on ios pretty soon but if you if you go to the charts, um, it just came out on Android faster because we, we had to deal with iOS 14.5, mm -hmm. which is, you know, right. like a major ad tracking change. Um, but you can go to the, our music charts and you can actually change them by country, right? So like, mm -hmm. I've been looking at like, what, what's hot in Barbados? Like they oh, got wow. a crazy vibe there, you know, like it, you can actually kind of tap into their vibe and, and, and it's fun, you know, it's like a fun exploration. Sure. um situation you know like it's interesting to see not just country by country but like what's the difference in musical taste in in you know uh in new in, in florida versus new york right like they have totally different sounds um you know you could see which which artists are popular in one place versus another um but i really enjoyed like exploring africa exploring latin america seeing what is really popular in those regions and also how you know, how different some of the sounds in Nigeria are different than from Ghana and how they have completely different mm -hmm. charts, even though they're like right next to each other or, or not right next to each other, but very close in proximity. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, when you think about different genres, cause I know you launched, uh, you know, uh, EDM. I know you have Latin music. I know you have, you know, Caribbean, African, as we're talking about. Um, and I, you know, those aren't all necessarily genres, but I wonder like, you know, hip hop culture and the hip hop community has this way of doing things that, you know, the way we interact with, with each other, with artists, you know, we were talking earlier about the competitive nature. That's definitely not true in other forms of music or not nearly as much. And so I wonder like, what's the learning curve to go from hip hop to EDM or to Caribbean music? Um, and what, and how do you and your team like kind of keep true to those cultures yeah. In the context of what you're building. I mean, the first thing we do with any new genre that we're looking to launch is we find someone extremely passionate and extremely plugged in to the genre and not just kind of like what, what, what's hot now, but you know, what, what are the, the artists that are, are on the come up? A lot of times you'll see people hire, you know, like someone my age to do that. Like we'll try to hire somebody that's maybe like 20, 24, 25, you know, someone on the younger side, 
um, sure. because typically we find that that they are, are a bit more in the scene, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, someone older can't, can't do it. Uh, mm -hmm. But we want to find someone as close to kind of like that discovery age, because too often people start to fall into their habits as they get older. Um, but, you know, we, we find somebody who's really into the, into the culture uh, and, you know, we give them, yeah, a lot of times it's, it's finding artists that aren't that big now, but we are take placing bets that they will be big in the future and then doing content with those artists, getting them to evangelize the platform, you know, helping our existing audience discover that new artist and, 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 and start to um, play his or her music. And then we ask that artist in, in turn to like reciprocate, um, you know, to evangelize AudioMac. Uh, and that, that, that's worked out well for us. Although I will say, you know, when it comes to Afri African music and, and hip hop, that's where we've had the most success with that strategy. Um, you know, we're, we, we have a good rock section as well. And uh, that, that's getting moving and certainly growing, certainly electronics growing as well. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it seems like that strategy works best with, with certain genres. Um, although in other genres, it might not be as effective. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, hip hop is, is really, hip hop is really interesting because a lot of artists are out there doing absolutely anything they can to get new fans. So, uh, you know, if we give them a platform where they can make money, get new fans, they're going to go out and they're going to tell, tell their fans about AudioMac and that's how we grow. I mean, it's an interesting insight. Like, you know, I think we have, especially those of us involved in hip hop, but, but in general, right, we have a hip hop centric view of how music and community come together. And I think because it's so strong, so pronounced, right, but you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my career working in dance music, electronic music, and it's, and it's very different. The artists, you know, if we're stereotyping, the artists are very different. The relationship to fans is very different. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a festival and a, and a nightclub culture, not, you know, it, like it's, it's, it, there's so many, there are so many more differences than similarities. Right. Yep. And yet if you're on the outside of that, if you're a brand, trying to advertise or sponsor, or if you're, you know, on the tech side, trying to be in that, like, it's easy to miss those nuances. Um, and so I think that's, that's a great insight to say, well, okay, this model is going to work better sometimes than others. And maybe, you know, maybe you're going to figure out other models for those different scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you think about rock music, right? There is really no much, no, no such thing anymore as rock music, right? It's such a mature genre that, you know, punk and classic rock, like the, the, those don't have anything to do with each other. Yeah, right? absolutely. Other than a guitar, right? And, and uh, but they're not the same scenes, they're not the same audience, you know, none of that. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about, you know, you said something interesting, right? You're, you're hiring, let's say 24 year olds or maybe, you know, maybe not, right? But, um, and you're entrusting them with important decisions that you're, you're entrusting them to bring, you know, knowledge and perspective that you don't have. Um, so tell me about that, that leadership style a little bit that, um, you know, that allows you to, to trust people and yet, uh, you know, not have the ship thrown off course. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we, we try to hire people that are a bit entrepreneurial in nature. 
you know, they've, they've run their own book of business. You know, it could even be a small scale business, it could be DJing, it could be anything, but you know, if you want to, if you've run something yourself, then you've kind of learned on the job. And, and I think you've, you've matured a bit greater than your age because sure. you've been the person that has had to make the decisions and those decisions affect your life. Right. You know, so a lot of the people that we hire, they've done something on the side, whether it could be as simple as like running shows or managing an artist. Right. But um, you know, if, if, if that's the case, we feel better at entrusting them to, um, to kind of run shop on a, on a certain genre. And, you know, they're not making like multi-million dollar decisions. You know, sure. we, we give them a framework that, that they should work within, you know, we're there to support them. I think that's really important. My, my co-founder Dave Pawnee would, he manages all the people on the curation side. Um, you know, so he's, he's put together a, a framework of support, you know, around, around the people that do curation and do artist relations. Um, you know, and they also just have various resources throughout the organization. So we have a content operations team that handles, you know, making sure that music is, is put up right, shows up on the right profile, handles any issues that the artist might have. Um, you know, we have uh, curation tools that help our, our curators find diamonds in the rough across the, you know, tens of thousands of songs uploaded every day. Mm. Um, you know, so they have this, they have a combination of technology and people to help them. But I think what's most important is hiring somebody that's, you know, it's not like they just went to school and, you know, decide to get their first job. Um, we would, you know, school is important, but we would prefer to see somebody actually go out there and try to do something themselves. And I, I yeah, could I say nearly every person we've hired is that type of person, you know, myself included. I don't want to cry no more. I don't want to fall no more. And you, we got history. When I'm gone, you gon' miss me. I've been down for a long, long time. I can't take it on no more time. Only thinking about victory. Uh, Fast Company called you out as uh, one of the most innovative music companies, which you know they they know what they're talking about. Yeah, um, that's high praise. Um, do you how, how do you think? Like, do you think about innovation in in a deliberate sense? Or is it like more just, you know, is there, is there a process that you think about, you know, how the, how the business is changing, how, you know, what we need to do, or is it more of a casual thing that just kind of happens? No, I think it's, um, it's about thinking about, we, we have two stakeholders, right? We have our artist stakeholders and we have our listener stakeholders. And I think we try to think about, the ways that we can help both of them or one or the other. Right. And, and I think, you know, that leads to innovation because you're trying to think about problems they have opportunities they can take advantage of uh, and how do we build technology or, you know, things into our platform that help them take advantage of those opportunities, you know, or solve those problems. Right. So I think that's where the innovation comes from. You know, a good example of this is like our, our, uh, our share cards, which is a way to share kind of like milestones and achievements on AudioMac. Uh, and, you know, this solves two problems. It, uh, it allows fans to kind of go out there and say, Hey, I'm listening to this song, but like do so in a way that's kind of fun and gives them like a cool image asset instead of just showing like the album artwork, right? Like we give them that tool. We right. give them that, that asset uh, from the app that they could go out and share, but then also, 
it's great for artists because they want to be talking about their achievements. So they can also see, you know, once they hit 10,000 plays, they get a, a special asset that they can share. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and this is, this is like the innovation came from us seeing artists try to do this on their own and kind of, they were basically screenshot their stats on Audiomack or they create, you know, use paint or Photoshop to create their own little mm -hmm. thing. And then we were like, well, why aren't we doing this for them? Like, this is something we could actually productize. Um, and, you know, that, that was just like, how do we solve a problem for, for those artists? Or how do we make something easier or better for them? And, and it led to an innovation. And now, you know, Apple Music is doing something very, I think Spotify is doing something sure. very similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love that. I love that. Well, um, let me let me do a quick lightning round before I let you uh, get back to work. Um, cool. What's your favorite city to travel to? Uh, I'd say San Diego or uh, actually it's Kauai. I go to Kauai every year. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like so Prince, I go to Pr Princeville um, in my Kauai. Uh, yeah. You've yeah, been there. My favorite part of Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. We love it there. Um, who's your favorite DJ? I was a big DJ Cubert fan. Like I liked, I liked the scratching. I like, I, I was always trying to like scratch like Cubert, nice. but Man, I, yeah, I wasn't anywhere close. <laughs> nobody, nobody is. Takes a long Very time. Few people. I mean, <laughs> that guy, like, the the hours that he's put in behind the wheels, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one really comes close. Um, what's the last great book you read or listened to? You know what? I actually really don't even read that many books. Uh, it's like I read, I read magazines, I read business magazines. It's like, it's a kind of embarrassing actually. Um, you know, but I, I read like, I read a lot of business books, which is super lame, you know, like. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really like the irrefutable laws of leadership. That's like one of my favorite yeah. books. Um, that, book. that, it is. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I really, I really should be reading more, more books. I like kind of like Raymond Chandler books where, mm. Um, okay. like the old detective books. I just love the way that he writes and the way the characters sound and, and kind of yeah. transports you back to, you know, a hundred, nearly a hundred years into the past. Um, yeah. you know, it's like the lady in the lake is, is a favorite of mine, but I, I actually haven't read any novels recently. I mean, I'm with you hundred percent. It, it is incredibly hard to find time. You know, there's so much out there that can just eat up our time. And, uh, but I'm the same way. Like when I, when I get into a book, whether fiction or nonfiction, like sometimes it's, it's transformative. Um, mm -hmm. I just read this uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, Jeff Chang's oh, cool. uh, History of Hip Hop. And it's like, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been into hip hop and, and, you know, somewhat of an expert for 30, 40 years. And he taught me so much just in that book that like blew my mind over and over again. I got to um, check that out. Yeah, it's really good. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? I think I've seen like School of Rock the most in my <laughs> life. And like, it's not like okay. I'm proud of that. Like it's, it's just Amen. always on, it's always on TBS. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't really pay attention to TV anyway. So like sure. the fact that it's like, you know, there's music in it. Actually, you know what? I've seen the Blues Brothers the most. I used to watch that all the oh, time. Oh, wow. That's a so good like, one. I like music in That's my movies. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. There's those movies that they just suck you in, right? You you might not really seek them out, but then they're on, and you just stop flipping and you stick with it. Yeah. And, uh, 
It's always something stupid like that. If I, the I Blues know. Brothers is on, I'm watching it. I know that. If like School of Rock's on, I'll kind of like leave it on because I, you know, I think it's fun how the kids learn to play uh-huh. music and stuff. And um, not not like so I'm a funny. big Jack Black fan, but I think he does a great job in that movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, last one. If I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? I think you'd hear me ask a lot of questions. Like, I think, um, you know, no matter who's, who at my organization is, you know, how young they are, how inexperienced they are, I, I think that there's a lot that we can learn, you know? So I think like, what, what do you think of this is like, is something I ask a lot of people, um, you know, at least I hope that people would say that about me um, because I do, I do care about other people's opinions and I, and I don't always think I'm right. So, you know, if you want to hire somebody to do grunt work, like tech is not the right, business for you like you should be hiring people that you consider you know smarter than you in certain areas or at least with a different perspective than you that you can use to to create better products um you know so i I, i'd hope that you'd hear a lot of questions from me that would you know ask your opinion or how you would do that do something yeah i love that i love that well thanks for doing this man i appreciate um you know, I, I love watching you build your thing and, and what you're building is great. And, you know, I can't wait to see where you guys take it next. We'll I appreciate that, Josh. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I definitely, you know, encourage everybody to download uh, the app, uh, especially when it comes to iOS. I'll be getting it. And All right. check out Audio Mac and, and discover some new music there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Be on the lookout for those uh, international charts on iOS coming out soon. So. And then we got some other tricks in the works pretty soon. Uh, it's been great talking to you, Josh. I appreciate you having yeah, me on. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. You know, I was Dave Mackley on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, make sure you check out Audio Max. There's lots of great new music streaming on there. Hip-hop, Afrobeat, uh, uh, pretty much whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on Audio Mac. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.